Hello, and welcome to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalists. We are a vibrant liberal religious community that treasures diversity, practices justice, and teaches love and respect for everyone. We grow spiritually through worship, shared learning and service, and relationships that go deep. As we say each Sunday, whoever you are, whomever you love, whatever your image of the holy, your presence here is a gift. All are worthy, all are welcome. Good morning. I'm David Hopkinson, your worship associate today. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalist worship service. Whether you are participating in person or in our sanctuary or online via Zoom, YouTube, audio live stream, podcast, we're glad you're here. Today is our animal blessing service and we encourage you to snuggle up with your pets and your stuffed animals. If you'd like to share your pets' names in the chat you, so we can welcome them along with you, please do so. <clears throat> if you'd like to follow along with today's order of service, I invite you to visit wuu.org to download a copy. <clears throat> if you're visiting today, we offer you a special welcome. <clears throat> On Zoom, we invite you to say hi by typing a quick note into the chat. And if you'd like to sign up for our email list, please fill out our online visitor form at wuu.org. Also, we invite you to join one of our discussion groups after the service so that we can get to know you. You, you may choose between staying in, our, in the main room to reflect on today's service, as a group or accept the invitation to join one of our smaller social groups. Now for an, now an announcement from our religious education team. A committed group of volunteers has kept our online religious education classes going throughout this pandemic. Let's all tip our hats to them. Starting in September, we will need more volunteers to run in-person classes. We are asking a few enthusiastic WU members and friends to, to provide some quality time for outdoor distance, distanced, masked, all ages activities on Sunday mornings. Well, that's a mouthful. <clears throat> or indeed at other times during the week after the workday has ended. <clears throat> you can plan an activity that interests you or ask Austin or the RE committee to plan something with you. You will enjoy spending time with our children and they will enjoy getting to know you. Please contact Austin for more details and to volunteer. Again, welcome. Uh, here, at, here at WUU, we are committed to being an anti-racist, anti-oppressive uh, congregation. That means we work to ensure that all people are treat, treated with dignity, fairness, and equity. In our worship, we celebrate the contributions of our diverse racial and ethnic backgrounds, genders, and sexual orientations. We are happy that you have joined us, whether you, are, whether you have come seeking comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, whether you are human or dog or cat, gerbil or snake or any other creature, you belong here. You are seen here, even if we cannot see you physically. Now I invite you to say, to join me in saying our welcoming words. Please, as you say these words, uh, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words are, post, are pasted into the Zoom chat Let's say them in unison, if we can. Folks on Zoom, we will unmute you all so that you can hear each other. Come, 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 come
Remember, whatever you love, whatever image of the holy, your presence here is a gift. All are worthy. All are welcome. Well, hello again. Welcome and greetings to all. I wanted to say that I am here today with my canine worship associate. Um, Taylor is um, right there sleeping on the futon. That's why I don't have my normal background. I figured it would be fun to bring my creatures into the service. I thought I would have my cat on the, my lap, but my cat said, nah, I'm out of here. That's cats. So with whoever is here, I offer these words of the Reverend Florence Kaplow. We worship today in honor of the animal realm, furred and hoofed, two-legged, four-legged, many-legged, fanged and clawed, gentle and fierce, wild and tame. May we remember that all animals are our relatives, worthy of our care and respect. And so we worship together. Now, please join me and saying the words to light our chalice. If you have a chalice or a candle handy nearby, please go ahead and light it now. As we spotlight the Dellinger family lighting a chalice. Again, we'll unmute you all and attempt to say these words in unison. We like this like challenge for the warmth and love, for the light of truth, for the energy of action, and for the harmony of peace. Peace in our community, peace in our world. Thank you, David. Thank you, Dellinger family. Well, today I get to tell our wisdom story. And this is a story about an Irish monk whose name was Kevin, who lived about 1500 years ago. Kevin had a very special bond with animals. Legend says that when Kevin was just a little boy, a beautiful cow would visit his family's home every day just to bring him milk to drink. When Kevin got a little bit older, his parents sent him to a monastery to learn how to read and write and become a monk. But what he really loved was being out in nature with the animals. Eventually, he made his home in the beautiful valley of Glendalough, which is in Ireland, in a cave along the shore of a lake. And right now, what you're seeing is a picture of Glendalough. It's a picture taken today, of course, but I imagine it looked very much that way in Kevin's time. It's a very beautiful place. I had the chance to go there about 10 years ago, and that's where I first heard the story of St. Kevin. So thank you for showing that picture. I hope you enjoyed it. So the stories tell us that Kevin wore animal skins for clothes and he only ate what he could gather from the trees and plants around him. Lots of people visited him there. He had a presence that really drew people. And so many of them, so many of them were drawn to stay with him that he ended up founding a monastery. He began as a hermit. He ended up as the leader of one of the most famous monastic communities in all of Ireland. His monastery was known for its learning, but still Kevin was the happiest of all when he was outside. There's a legend that says once he was praying by the lake with a book of Psalms and he dropped his book of Psalms into the lake by accident and an otter swam up and took the book in its little mouth and brought it back to him unharmed. What a good story. But the most famous legend about Kevin is this one. One day, Kevin was praying with his arms spread out like this. And he was so quiet and still for so long, the little, a little blackbird came and perched on his cupped palm. And she built her nest in his hand and laid her egg. And St. Kevin, for indeed he did become known as a saint, stayed there with his arms extended out 
for many days until the egg was hatched and the little blackbird was able to fly away. I wonder what it would take to care that much and to stand so still for so long. I invite you now to listen to a poem about this very story by the great contemporary Irish poet, Seamus Heaney. St. Kevin and the Blackbird by Seamus Heaney. And then there was St. Kevin and the Blackbird. The saint is kneeling, arms stretched out inside his cell, but the cell is narrow. So one turned up palm is out the window, stiff as a crossbeam. When a blackbird lands and lays in it and settles down to nest, Kevin feels the warm eggs, the small breast, the tucked neat head and claws, and finding himself linked into the network of eternal life is moved to pity. Now he must hold his hand like a branch out in the sun and rain for weeks until the young are hatched and fledged and flown. And since the whole thing's imagined anyhow, Imagine being Kevin, which is he? Is he in agony all the time? From the neck on, out down through his hurting forearms, are his fingers sleeping? Does he still feel his knees or has the shut-eyed blank of under, under earth crept through him? Is there distance in his head, alone and mirrored clear in love's deep river to labor and not to seek reward, he prays? A prayer his body makes entirely, for he has forgotten self, forgotten bird, and on the riverbank, forgotten the river's name. Thank you, Austin. And now I invite you to join me in a spirit of meditation, reflection, and prayer. And I'd like to begin this time with an animal blessing meditation by the Reverend Teresa Soto. What it means to have a pet is to love someone who speaks a language you do not. A dog will bow and prance. A cat will purr and blink. A guinea pig will giggle and squeak. A long time ago, a friend of mine had a dog with soft ears and considered herself the pup's guardian. A gentle way to think of protecting and caring for a friend. Such a small gesture of respect for a source of boundless love. The dog's long pink tongue lolling in a goofy grin. The cat convinced that kneading and grooming are crucial to this day. A bird asking for a treat, bending a wing to wave. These are friends, they are loves. It's kind of a surprise that you should love someone so much who would eat the butter on the table if they could get away with it and gets endless hair on the sofa when they aren't even supposed to be on the furniture. When they are called companion animals, it's such an open, tender truth. The endless cuddles and tricks and loyalty the comfort of fingers to fur and big adoring eyes. These are friends, they are loves. They stretch our hearts and fill them with their abundance of kindness. When they are gone, our hearts remain larger, though their absence leaves room for expanses of grief. Their love champions and companions us still. 
And as we hold and celebrate our love for the animals with whom we share our lives today, we also hold our human neighbors in love and care. Especially this week, we remember Shirley Gunther with so much love. Shirley died on Monday. She had been a member of WU for over 20 years, and many of us were blessed by her warm and welcoming spirit. We are planning uh, to hold a memorial service for Shirley on Saturday, September 4th at 3 p.m. on Zoom, and all are welcome. Today, let us hold her daughters, Judy and Kathy, and their families in our minds and hearts. And also today, we hold Melissa and Eve Stump as they mourn the loss of Melissa's father, Bill Warner. Melissa is in the sanctuary today, and she would like everyone to know that she is rejoicing to be back in that wonderful place of friendship. Melissa and Eve, today we send our love to you. And today, let us also hold Charlotte Lawrenson on this, the one-year anniversary of her son Kenneth's death. We will be holding a ceremony today at 3 p.m. in the W Meditation Memorial Garden to scatter his ashes and celebrate his life. And again, all are welcome to come. I want to close with a joy, a joy that Deb Hill and Camilla Buchanan's baby grandson, Oliver, who has been in the hospital, is off the respirator and he is doing really well. We're so very glad to hear that. And Deb and Camilla, we just hold you and your family. It's been a time. And as we hold all these joys and sorrows, I invite you to return to that space of quiet inside you and be in a spirit of meditation, a spirit of prayer as we enter into a time of shared silence. May it be so, amen, and blessed be. And now I invite you to enjoy a beautiful hymn with words adapted from St. Francis from almost a thousand years ago, all creatures of the earth and sky. of the earth and sky come kindred lift your voices high Ave 
rushing wind so wild and strong white clouds that sail in heaven along alleluia alleluia Sunday, we make an offering from the bounty we are blessed to enjoy. We do so in a spirit of generosity and in recognition of our ongoing commitment to serve our world and share our values. If you are joining us for the first time, please feel free to give if you wish, but also know that your presence with us today is gift enough. Today is a share the plate Sunday. That means all of our gifts today will go to Bacon Street Youth and Family Services. Now please welcome WUU's own Kim Dellinger to tell us more. Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you so much for having me here today. I, I, I have some extras. I hope you don't mind that they're um, joining us this morning. So um, I am the executive director of Bacon Street Youth and Family Services. We're a nonprofit organization here in the Williamsburg community. We've been here for 50 years. This is our 50th anniversary. We celebrated that on May 11th this year. So um, for 50 years, our organization has been serving youth and families who are struggling with mental health and substance use disorders here in the Williamsburg community. Um, I am pleased to share with you um, that we continue to be able to provide services through our expanded service area through Williamsburg, James City County, York County, Pocosin, Hampton, Newport News, Matthews, and Gloucester County. 
we um, it, COVID was really a hard, hard time for many nonprofit organizations, as I'm sure you're well aware. Um, and it continues to be difficult. One of the things that um, we've talked a lot about recently has been the fact that um, the numbers of clients who are needing mental health services are is exponential compared to where it was a year or two years ago. Um, our numbers have tripled over the last year of clients who are seeking services from us, and we don't see any um, stop in those numbers continuing to go up, especially as we look forward to um, the, um, the new school year coming up. Um, we're expecting that there will continue to be many challenges as people are continuing to adjust to those circumstances. Mental health and um, substance use are one of those issues that we don't like to talk a lot about. Um, we don't like to talk about it because there's a lot of stigma um, and because the, uh, people don't necessarily see it the same way that they see a mental, um, a, a medical condition. The reality is, is that, is that addiction and mental health disorders are a disease like any other disease. Um, like cancer or having diabetes, it has to be treated appropriately and dealt with in the, in the most effective way possible. Sorry, I have to take the lighter away from my kid. <laughs> um, so, and I just, I want to, I just want to be um, really transparent about the fact that with the many issues that are going on right now um, in our community, and um, yes, thank you, Reverend Laura. Thank you so much for being real with us about this. Um, uh, kids, kids and families are needing uh, services more than ever. And the best thing you can do to really help us fight that kind of stigma around mental health and substance use is to really listen and really talk about what's going on and keeping it real, um, as, as Reverend Laura was just saying. It's important that you um, and you talk with your families and your kids about the things that are important to them in their lives. Right, kids? Right, right? Okay, good. Um, and making sure that you're also, um, you know, really making sure that uh, you're being trans, uh, transparent about what's going on for you as well. This, this epidemic has been devastating for so many families, um, for moms and dads and moms and moms and dads and dads and everybody. Um, it's just been really, really hard as a parent, um, I'm well aware of the challenges that come along with that. Um, Bacon Street is, um, is uh, a place where you can come for uh, prevention services. We do treatment services and we also do wraparound as well. Um, one of the um, things that I'd like to highlight today is our Bridges program. Bridges is a, is a program that we have that is a transitional program for youth who are uh, transitioning um, or matriculating from eighth grade to ninth grade. It is a combination between a peer-to-peer -peer and a mentoring, peer-to-peer -peer mentoring program and a youth wilderness uh, adventure therapeutic based program. And we squish them together. And um, I just wanna say lots of, lots of good thoughts and prayers going out to that team, um, to my prevention team this week as they are taking kids and um, who are who might be struggling with that transition um, between that eighth and ninth grade year and matching them up with uh, mentors during our jumpstart experience. Those kids are literally right now doing adventure-based work. Um, they're doing activities. Um, they're getting to know each other um, and it's all about building that resiliency for those young people. Um, and th that uh, jumpstart experience goes on for a full week um, and then um, we have uh, ongoing activities on a weekly basis um, at two of our local high schools. Um, this year, we're excited that we expanded our Bridges program from not just, um, we had been doing it in the Warhill School, we're now also doing it um, at Lafayette as well. So we have young people who are um, being paired with uh, mentors in both of those environments. Our clinical program is, um, is doing well. Um, it's, 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 they're seeing a lot of folks and the kind of, the kind of challenges that they're seeing with clients are more complex than they have been in the past. Trauma is one of those kinds of things. And when you have an entire society that's going through a traumatic experience, everybody needs to be, um, supporting and helping each other together. So I just want to be very open and honest that everybody, 
everybody is going through trauma right now. And it's important that we are taking care of each other and that we are taking care of ourselves. We're giving ourselves a break too, because honestly, we're all doing the very best we could possibly do in extraordinarily difficult circumstances. With the Delta variant going on right now, it's, um, you know, I, I saw um, a, an analogy that we were, some people thought we were at the 26th mile in a, in a marathon. Um, and unfortunately, because of the Delta variant, it's feeling a little bit like we're, we're not there yet. And so just continuing to be there with each other and um, your, your kids and your families and supporting each other is the best thing that you can possibly do. Um, Bacon Street needs your help. We need your help on a daily basis because of the costs that go along with providing services. And we provide those services regardless of the client's ability to pay. Many families lost insurance because they lost their, their workplace um, policies when they were um, when they lost jobs in the middle of COVID. Um, and they might not necessarily have that back. And so they don't have coverage for services. And so we provide services regardless of whether or not mom and dad or the kids or the family can pay for those services. Um, and we do that for everybody across the board um, on a case-by-case -case need, uh, needs basis. So um, I just wanna point out that um, this is definitely a higher need than we have seen in a very long time. Um, and there's really no end in sight. We've talked a lot about the fact that we think that the, the next, the, the long wave, the, the, we've talked about different kinds of waves that we've been going through with COVID. I, I truly believe, um, as, as do many people in the mental health field, that the last wave of COVID is gonna be um, around mental health and substance use disorders. And, and it's probably gonna last for at least another five to 10 years is what we are guessing. So if not longer. So I just want you all to know that this is a very real need. This is a need that <clears throat> this is a need that is happening right here in our community today. Um, and our agency is a local organization. And so any support you're giving to Bacon Street is going directly back into our community here. So Reverend Laura, I hope that that um, it, that kind of did everything it needed to do. Um, so um, Please, um, if you have questions or anything, um, I'm happy to talk about them. Um, I've presented about Bacon Street in the past, so please forgive me if I'm assuming everybody knows who we are. Um, but if you have questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to, to talk more. If you'd like to give uh, through our website uh, uh, to Bacon Street, please visit wuu.org and click on Give Online to WUU. If you'd like to give by text, please text the dollar amount of your gift to, here's a long number, 757 557-500-0688. 757-500-0688. And follow the prompts uh, you see from there. If you prefer to give by check, please mail your check to WUU 3051 Ironbound Road, Williamsburg 23185. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
thank you so much. Um, Vicki, thank you for uh, leading that beautiful, beautiful video. Thank you to all our singers, to Dave Robbins, and I expect to Jim Hall doing the editing in the background, although I cannot confirm that. I'll, I think that's who did that. Many thanks to all. That was great. So I want to share a story with you today. One day, about eight years ago it was, and at that time, my husband John and I were living up in Reston, Virginia, in the D.C. area, and I was in the kitchen, and I heard a big thump against the front door. So I went out to see what had happened, and there was a tiny little brown bird lying on the mat and shivering. He had hit the door hard, and he was hurt. So I yelled for John to come right away. John is a massage therapist. And just a, a few weeks before that, he had told me a story about a colleague of his who had managed to treat a hurt rabbit with the principles of myofascial release, a bodywork technique that John practices that is mostly used on human beings, but can be used with care for animals too. So John came running and I asked him, hey, could you try to do that bunny thing that you were telling me about the other day? And so John scooped up the little bird very, very carefully. And we brought him into the bathroom and shut the door so that our cat Pippin could not get to him. Pippin was very interested. And John could see that this little bird's beak was kind of messed up. The lower, the lower half of his beak was at a weird angle. And he knew that if that did not get fixed, the little bird would not be able to eat or drink and it would die. So very gently, 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 John held this bird and slowed his own breathing. And with one finger, he pressed very gently against the top half of the beak. And then with another finger, he pressed the bottom of the beak and just kind of held the pressure. And after a minute or so, the lower beak popped back into place. So that was good. That was the first thing that needed to happen. We set up a shoebox with some newspaper for bedding where the little guy could rest. After a couple of hours, John tried giving him some water by putting just a drop on his fingertip and holding it near the bird's mouth. And he was able to drink a little bit. So at this time, I'm gonna ask Dave Wilcox if we could see the first picture. I, I brought some pictures for you today. So this was um, our little friend. This is probably about day one or so. And by this time, <clears throat> we had studied our bird books and we concluded mistakenly, as it happens, that he was a sparrow. And so John named him Captain Jack after Johnny Depp's character, Captain Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Later on, we decided, no, he's not a sparrow. We thought he might be a Carolina wren. But in fact, just today, Dave Wilcox, who is a birder, told me he's a thrush. Now we know, uh, probably a hermit th thrush, maybe, a, uh, is it a Stinson's? I'm sorry, you will tell me later. Probably a hermit thrush, but Captain Jack stuck as his name. So I think we can go ahead and um, take down that picture for now. And um, over the next four days, uh, John just continued to nurse the little guy back to health. He got a syringe, like a special bird syringe and some liquid bird food and kept feeding him by hand because he was still just um, not himself, just really, really shaken up. And um, I was so touched to learn. I didn't even know this at the time, but when I was asking John to tell me again what happened, he told me just a couple of days ago that he looked up a recording of uh, what we, we, so at this point we thought this bird was a Carolina Wren. So he found a recording of a Carolina Wren song to play on his phone. Um, and he would play the bird song every time he came into the bathroom to try and let the little bird know, like, I'm a friend, I'm here for you. 
So I think I can now show um, the next picture if we could have that. So this was when it, this was probably around day four when he was really starting to feel better. So that's little birdie sitting on John's hand. Um, and uh, he was doing pretty good at that point. And let's have the last picture now. If we could. Yeah, so this is my total favorite. We didn't stage this. It just happened. Little birdie was starting to fly around and he decided he wanted to just sit on John's head. And uh, oh, I'm seeing a note in the chat. Yeah, Chris is rightly pointing out that, um, thank you, Chris. Chris is pointing out, and I'm gonna read this out loud because it's important. Um, in our area, if we encounter injured wildlife, that's right, there is um, Tidewater Wildlife Rescue to call. Thank you for that information, Chris. And I should mention, we we consulted with the Wildlife Rescue also to, to get their guidance on what to do. That's an important point. So, okay, so that's Captain Jack. And I think we can take down the picture now. And um, so by day five, Captain Jack was feeling a lot better. He was starting to fly around the bathroom and we knew that it was time to let him go. So John took him out to the front steps and put him down very gently. But the little guy just kind of sat there for quite a long time. Maybe just kind of weirded out about being outside again. And so after a few minutes, John decided to take him out to our backyard, which was a little more sheltered. And uh, we had a pergola at that time in our backyard. So John just kind of lifted him up to the pergola, like the top struts there and helped him find a perch there. And again, little birdie sat there for a long time and John just kind of hung out and sat with him. And John remembers he took his eyes off little guy for a minute. And when he looked back, Captain Jack was gone. He had flown away. So success. And John swears he would see him now again, now and again in the backyard over the next few months, just kind of checking in and saying hi. And for me, watching this bird rescue unfold was a holy thing. Watching John take such tender care of that little bird, you know, it would have been easy to say, oh, that little bird, it's sad, but oh well, there's nothing we can do. But John chose to drop everything and take care of that little bird, that bird right in front of him who needed help. I got to say, John was kind of appalled when I told him I wanted to tell this story alongside the story of St. Kevin and the Blackbird. He's like, ah, I'm not a saint. And that is certainly true. I can definitely confirm that. But here is what I believe. I believe that it is a holy thing to save even the littlest life. Every life is holy, no matter how small. I've been thinking this week about an old gospel song, you might know it, that goes like this. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. The message of that beautiful old song is that the power behind the universe cares about all creatures, loves all creatures, loves us, loves it all. And so should we not care for the sparrows and thrushes that cross our path? The littlest life is worthy of saving and worthy of our love. So may it be and blessed be.
some for that that was gorgeous so beautiful thank you well so you can see i've moved i decided to move because now is the time when we are going to bless the animals with a little meditation and i'll show you this is my taylor she's a uh, totally conked out right here so i'm gonna have her with me just right here. And I invite you, um, if your creatures would like to come snuggle up with you, this is a very, very good time for that. And sanctuary participants, we are very glad that there are some, I think, did I see two puppies there? I think, anyway, I look forward to hearing the full report later. Well, blessing the animals, this is a tradition that Unitarian Universalists have borrowed from our Catholic neighbors to celebrate and bless all the animals in our lives. And today I'd like to lead us in a, a little centering meditation. And then if you have a pet by you today, I will be inviting you to lay some gentle hands on your pet or perhaps just um, simply call to mind an animal that you would like to bless. And then I'll lead us and sing uh, a few simple words of blessing and we'll close by blessing all the animals of the world. So let us begin. And again, if you have animal friends with you today, do sit close to them if they will let you or if they don't want that, that's okay too. And if you do not have one with you in body, that is fine. Just think of an animal you love and would like to bless today. So let's take a breath, if you would. Just quiet breathing. And another breath. And I invite you now to place your hands on your heart and begin to imagine yourself breathing love into your heart space. Love flowing into you up from the earth, love flowing down from the stars, flowing easily 
into your heart. And I imagine now that that love is flowing into your hands, flowing into your hands until you feel that your hands themselves are full of love. And whenever you're ready, lay a gentle hand on your animal friend. Or you can set your hands down on your chair and imagine all that love flowing into the animals that you love. Breathing love into your heart and out through your hands. Very relaxed, very easy, very gentle. Breathing love in, sending it out. And now I invite you to speak a blessing to your beloved animals. And I invite you to repeat after me. I bless you. I love you. I thank you for being you. And let us now take a moment to bless not just the animals that are very near to us, but all the animals of the world. I invite you to keep breathing love into your heart. Into your heart. And now begin to breathe it out through your feet. Breathe out that love into the ground, wherever you are into the soil that runs so deep and connects us to every place on this earth. The ground that holds us, supporting the creatures that crawl in the ground, our hidden friends, insects, voles, and the creatures that crawl or walk on the earth, lizards, snakes, possums, elephants, so many others. And all the creatures that live in the trees and soar in the sky, squirrels, birds, wild cats, stealthy in the shadows. And the creatures that swim in the waters fish of every kind, otters, whales, and creatures that swim so deep, no human has ever seen their face. And to all these creatures, both known and unknown, let us say, I bless you. I love you. I thank you for being you. Now I invite you to return to your natural breathing. And let us close our blessing of the animals with a most joyful song, All God's Critters. I invite you to sing wherever you are. All God's critters got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing high, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands to pause or anything they got now. Listen to the bass, it's the one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big doo and the old cow just goes. The dogs and the cats, they take up the middle, the honeybee hums and the crickets fiddle, the donkey brays and the pony 
the old coyote in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands or paws or anything they got now. Well, listen to the top where the little bird sings the melody with the high voice ring and the hoot out hollers over everything and the jaybird disagrees. Singing in the nighttime, singing in the day. The little duck quacks and he's on his way. The possum don't have much to say. And the porcupine talks to herself. Oh, hello, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm just fine. I'm just hanging out. All God's creators got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands or balls or anything they got now. in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands and pauses or anything they got. All God's creators got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands and pauses or anything they got. Now, now let us say to extinguish our chalice, and we invite you to blow out your own candle at home at the same time. We will paste the words in the Zoom chat, and again, we will say them in unison. We extinguish this flame. We extinguish this flame. flame. The warmth of community or the fire of commitment these we carry in our hearts until we are together And now I invite you to hold out your hands or paws or anything you got now as a sign of all that connects us. May we practice kindness and keep our hearts open to receive it. And may the blessings of life fill us abundantly, people and pets, animals and plants, and every being upon the earth. May it be so. Amen and blessed be.